Good morning, good afternoon, good night. It is the Bet Online Salute to Troy podcast. I am with your boy, the CEO, the founder, the man, Ryan Dyrud. We're without our girl Candace. She had a big win tonight. What was what was that picture? 48-0 or something like that? Something so, like that. Victory Thursday out in Michigan, I guess. So we'll hold down the fort out here in LA. Yeah, she says she was stuck in victory traffic. We should, we need to teach her how to do it from her phone, but that's that's for later days. Hi, hi, I, I, go ahead. I love the I love that she says victory traffic, like talking <laughs> to two guys from LA, like we're in always traffic, like and you have a Thursday high school victory traffic, like that's when you know you're in a small town. It takes me it takes me an hour and thirty minutes to drive home, and I'm only driving forty two miles. So, yeah, it's victory. There's yeah, I guess. How are you doing though, Ryan? Everything's good. Good, bro. Yeah, glad to be back on with you talking about the men of Troy. Big week this week. Week one officially against Nevada, but uh, things are good. Was out at practice on on Tuesday, so saw Coach Riley, Coach Grinch, and some players. And you know the the weather, the temperature is going to start coming down a little bit. We got we got a nice like what high seventies for kickoff on on Saturday. It's going to yes. be beautiful. Yeah, something like that. Uh, speaking about practice, so how was practice? How was the field of practice? What what were they talking about? Uh, you know, just run it. Give us a quick practice report on how you feel. How you feel about practice and all those things in their prep for this week? Yeah, for sure. So, a couple things. Like I, I've said this before, uh, I'll reiterate it now that we're doing this show together more frequently. But you know, it's at practice. Media gets basically the first fifteen minutes. It's when they're doing like some individual work, some stretches. Then you have to leave and you can come back at the very end for interviews. Um, so you don't really get to see much, obviously. So I can't sit here and tell, tell the good people about, you know, what we saw schematically or, or who was lining up with the ones or, or who was rotating in and out. Um, but, you know, little things here and there, you know, obviously the, the talk of the town, including in the practice facility, Zachariah branch, uh, you know, you just feel the the swagger after that week one. He's, he, you know, he's shagging punts uh, and individuals. And, but you can just tell that there's like a vibe out there that they know they got the next great one after just yeah. one game. Um, so, you know, you can feel that Ener- high energy. I mean, this was a Tuesday, Wednesday practice. So still a few days ago and, and midweek, but you can just feel Alfred. Like, like I told you, I was there last year. I was there the year before last year was very different than the year before. This year is very different than even last year. Like you can tell it is business. It is a culture to win. It is a, you know, demanding perfection, demanding improvement. Every single rep you take, the longer it goes, the better we get as, as their slogan is now. So you can feel that even in those first 15 minutes. Um, afterwards, you know, Coach Riley talked uh, very candidly afterwards and nothing real. I'm trying to think if there was any real big notes from his, you know, five minutes talking to the press, just kind of talked about obviously how well Zachariah played and adapted, talked a little about Tackett Curtis, um, you know, talked about, you know, what he thought of the defense and his expectations, you know, pretty typical of what you expect from Riley. Coach Grinch, obviously that was probably the, the interesting one to hear from considering what the defense did. And, and he was very honest and basically said, you know what, we're not here to make excuses. We know this is not an excuse. However, just want to at least state, you know, this is the first game that any of these guys are playing together. Eight of these guys are brand new to this team that started or so. Um, so it's going to, it's going to be a work in progress. We, we did some things good. We did a lot of things bad. Like there's a lot we got to clean up. Um, I'm paraphrasing, obviously he's like, but he's like, I, all the things we did bad are all correctable. I think that was the big takeaway is, you know, when there's lack of effort or guys completely in the wrong areas or just not wanting it like that, that, that's when you have a real issue. Cause that's a, that's a culture thing. That's a, a determination. That's a work ethic thing. But if it's a, Hey, a, a blown coverage or not being gap sound, or like we said, a QB spy going to the wrong gap instead of holding contain, those are coachable things that you expect those mistakes and give credit to San Jose state. They took advantage of them. So I just talked for a long time, but those were kind of the, the big takeaways from a, a simple practice on Tuesday. Yeah, that's good. So, so you mentioned Tackett, Tackett Curtis. And I'm, I know he only played one game, but I like the way he played, and I think he has a lot of potential. What were the comments about Tackett Curtis? That means if the head coach has mentioned you on media day, that means he's kind of high on you. So do you remember any of those comments from Tackett about, about mainly, Tackett from Riley? Mainly just, you know, guy plays above his ears, like, and I'm paraphrasing and stuff, but the, the big thing that everyone says is the work ethic, the drive, um, his, his football IQ for being so young, you know, only 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually one of the guys interviewed at the NBA media. And, you know, one of my colleagues 
asked him about, you know, he comes from a town in Louisiana, like 2000 people and, you know, moving to LA, like what's that culture change. And basically he just said, you know, I'm, I'm about ball. Like I'm here to football and, and that's what I'm focused on. And so I've, I've had my teammates, my brothers, and they've helped me adjust. So I just, you know, it just, just sounds wise above his ears, knows what the purpose is. And, you know, his coaches just rave about really his work ethic and what he does in practice and, and how he's been able to adapt into the scheme to the system so quickly because I, you know when he was recruited there was a lot of hype around this guy yeah. al but i don't know if anyone expected him to be starting week one i mean fresh <laughs> i mean usc you know this, true you freshman play, yeah true freshman you know this obviously you played at usc sc's been known for you know wide receivers been known for running backs been known for quarterbacks they've also been known for linebackers some great linebackers especially if you were the five five now, I'm not saying he's on the five five level yet. He played one game, but it's rare that a true freshman gets the start. And so that that's between him and Zachariah Branch, like, holy cow, this freshman class is pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a big plus. Like I said, I was high on him. I'm also high on Mason Cobb, but we already know what to expect from Mason Cobb. So for him to get that opportunity to play as a true freshman. And, and the good thing about true freshman is he, he's gonna make mistakes, right? And as long as those mistakes are attainable and he he has people behind him to to perfect him to prevent him from that mistake becoming a big play then it's all good he's okay to it's okay to mess up if they're still in their teens we still we give them a pass to mess up right like so exactly (laughs) exactly the the only other thing i'll i'll add is you know depth depth chart came out again today um we'll talk more about that by later but tackett and mason cobb still are slated in as the starters at backer however gentry who did get in the game last week and looked good when he was there is healthier. So he'll definitely get more playing time. Shane Lee, who I think basically did not play at all. We asked coaches that on, on Tuesday and that was mostly due to, you know, still rehabbing and his body getting right. So as he gets healthier, he'll be getting more playing time as well. So if anyone has fears of Shane Lee or why he's not there, it was more, not that he's again, not that he's injured, just coming back and getting healthy than it was just him again, not taking anything from Tackett, but not, him not having the ability to be out there and play yeah i understand i mean it is what it is shane shane's not bad the well shane you got to change your defense up a little bit but neither here yeah. nor there it hopefully it works out and you get a good rotation i did see gentry go down on that punt so that was just a little tweak and he's he's so that means he's healthy that that's also a plus right yeah yeah he's good and you know, he just brings such a different element. His his size, dude, is unreal. Like that. Yeah. Did you ever play with a backer that tall and lanky? I mean, he looks no. like a, like a Dallas, tight end. Dallas Sarks was close. Dallas, I think Dallas was like six four, maybe. Yeah. Close to six three. Dallas was tall, but uh, Dallas was also good too. Like so. Um, and Gentry, every practice, it's a swag thing, right? Like he has to have his jersey tucked in the shoulder pads, just showing off the A pack. Like, he never has his jersey down. It's always. Air belly just showing off the eight pack. <laughs> that, that's good. That's good. So, uh, I will. This is the last thing I do want to ask you because I know I saw a report earlier this this year from Fox um, about Caleb Williams and how Caleb Williams wants to have. He has to be more of a dick this year because you know he has expectation. He has the standards, but it seems like he doesn't really have to be a dick because, like you said, when when a team is good, you feel the aura, and you you described it earlier. Like the aura is there. Like you could tell. Like they're there for business and they're there to win games. So um, do you think that was more of Caleb Williams in the off season working out? Or do you think everybody's finally bought in? Like, look, this is a team that could be really good and, and be good for a very long time. And we're going to buy in, we're going to do this and we're going to get better and we're going to win a lot of championships. Yeah, I think the latter. I think everyone just knows what they have and how special this team is, has the ability to be. And, you know, they have everything going for them. And, you know, they, they play their their brand of football. They're they're going to go undefeated. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated, but if they play to their potential, they are far and away the best team in the Pac-12 and the best team in their 12-game schedule. So they just have to get to that level every week. And, and Caleb's obviously the leader of that. What I like about Caleb and what I like watching him is he has – a very blended style of leadership. And again, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not there every day, but from the little bits I see is he definitely can have a, a stern business attitude, but also he's still, a, I mean, he's still a kid too. Like he still has playful. Like there was at the end of um, they were doing their warmups and then they split off to individuals and him and was it, it wasn't Relique Brown, him and someone were like racing 
across the field to get their side, like laughing, racing, like, you know, yeah. having fun. It's playing football, right? You got to have right. some fun and let your hair down a little bit, but he knows when to kick it into gear and, you know, it's business only and that. But yeah, I, I didn't see that article, but, uh, you know, I don't think he needs to be a dick in order to command the huddle, which everyone, everyone respects that the heck out of Caleb Williams. So I don't think he needs to change anything he's doing. No, 100%. That's good. Uh, before we move on to the show, it is officially week one, Ryan. Week one of college football. That means it's time to get those bets in. You can set up your parlay, uh, play your money lines, play your over-unders, even hit the spread. I'm just, I'm I'm taking a risk on the spread this week. I'm going to go TCU is going to cover the 20 points in uh, and, and, uh, and, and Texas. So I don't think Prime is ready in, so. I'm a t- I took TCU to cover. I won last week playing on Bet Online. I took the over in that yep. New Mexico State game. Random game. Yes, I found like that should be able to work. But if you want to play these games, set your parlays up, and you got the big winner, go to BetOnline.ag. They have all your ups and minutes, stats, spreads, commentary, everything you need there to get your get the perfect score in and make your money. That's BetOnline.ag. Not only that. They will match your 50% bonus with promo code believe that's B L E A V promo code believe B L E A V. I got it right again, Ryan. That's better. Yes, or the game starts. All right. Yes, I got I got I got a parlay. Go I just got to say, I got a parlay going right now and everyone listens to this. It'll be done. So they'll know if I won or lost, but I got, I got, um, Nebraska plus seven and a half. Uh huh. I got NC state minus seven and a half, I believe. And then NC state, under, I want to say it was 49 and a half. Who's North Carolina right, State playing? Uh, UConn. Mm. So r- right now, they're all looking good, but I didn't want to knock on wood because they, they each got <laughs> some time left, so we'll see. But anyway, go ahead. Go. No, 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 that's a good one. Uh, moving forward. So week one is finally here. The good thing about it is I guess we could say we have the advantage and we played a, a practice uh, exhibition game. Not exhibition, yep. preseason game. We yep. played a preseason game. We got to play week zero. So there's a game under our belt. Their mistakes are able to be fixed. We get one plus game of being in game shape. We have, we've played at game speed already. And we're bringing in the team first game of the season, right? We'll say middle of the pack in the Mountain West Conference. I don't know how they were down at the bottom last year. Their head coach left the year before. They brought in a new guy. Um, they weren't as good as they were when Norvell was there, but this is their first game of the year. Um, coming into the Coliseum, I think there will be a little bit more fans this year because they're like, all right, this is something worth watching. And people now it's football season for everybody. People were a little confused by the uh the zero week. They're like, wait, why isn't everybody playing? But this is college, this is college football season, the official kickoff. They have the Thursday game. They normally do Thursday kickoff when college football starts. Yep. <sighs> I think the team that we're going to see on Saturday is the SC team everybody expects. Mm-hmm. Going off of what you said, like setting the standard and they understand what they need to be and how good they are. You got freshmen who've already have one game. You have freshmen who's starting to and starting to become a star playing one game and getting all the jitters out. And then you're coming in and playing a team that hasn't played one game and hasn't made any mistakes not in game shape. The SC's not in game shape either, either, right? It takes about four games to get in complete game shape, but they have a game under their belt. Having a game under your belt, it's going to look a lot different than it did last week. If this was SC's first game, it'll be, okay, we know what we expect, but like the wise guys, I think, have it at 38. It needs to be a lot higher. I think we're going to see a whole lot of points this weekend. A whole lot of points from SC, and I don't think we're going to see a lot of points from Nevada. Yeah, I mean Nevada, pretty bottom team last year. They went what two and ten. Um, you know, their for first year head coach, uh, what's his name, Ken Wilson, uh, yes. took took over for your know, Norvell, who had built a great program there, and then moved on to Colorado State. So you know, you expect some growing pains early on. You know, the only thing that that scares me in this game, and it, it's not for fear of losing, but for fear of fans freaking out about the defense is, you know, you look at Nevada last year and they were bottom 15 in rushing yards per attempt. Obviously the big bugaboo for this SC team is against the run, right? Well, they did get Colorado transfer Brandon Lewis 
dual threat quarterback who, you know, is not a great passer, at least did not look good in Colorado last year, hence why I transferred, but can definitely move the chains with his legs. And that's what kind of killed SC last week in San Jose State was Cordero extending plays with his legs. So I think it's a really good test for SC because, A, they're going to be facing quarterbacks throughout the season that are dual threat and have the ability to do that. And so this now going up against a weaker opponent, but they'll get a good test from the quarterback position to have to show contain, to show that QB spy to stay home, to, as you talk about, great when you talk scheme, like is it going to be – you know, the corners, you know, playing cover three, or are they going to be containing or whatever it may be? You know, this is a good test to kind of show if this scheme will work against this type quarterback. If they're there yet, if it's a scheme deficiency, if it's players playing together deficiency, or if it's like they got to go back to the drawing board because when you go up against Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, Cam De La Rosa, Rising, De La Rosa, all those guys, you know, or De, uh, Jane Delora. Um, Delora, yeah. Yeah, Delora. Uh, you know, you, you're not going to stop them if you can't stop a guy like Brendan Lewis this week. So I think it's a really good test to see how they improve against a dual threat quarterback. Yeah. So I think it's something that, that can be fixed. Uh, I don't, so they're, they're SC's defense is a big secondary contained team. And a lot of people are like, Oh, they always going to, they, they just depend on the secondary contained. And it, I mean, it is what it is. The the one thing that they, they, they put the right numbers in the box from what I saw, but I'm not so much worried about this game because uh, we have the ability to look at numbers and numbers don't lie, especially when it comes to football. And like when we saw like, all right, they had two big running plays. They had another 198 yards rushing, but for the most part, it wasn't that bad. The quarterback had 198 yards. So look, I put it like this. So the, the goal, the goal win the goal when I was playing is keep the team under 200 yards passing, keep the team under 100 yards rushing, right? In today's game, I feel like if you if you keep them below 250, 300, that's just today's game, right? You keep yeah. below 250, 300, and you still keep them under 100 yard rushing. I think that's a pretty solid game, right? Yeah, and, and, you, and you get to see how impressive that is. Like, so they kept them. They kept them. They, they ran for 198. That's fine. There's two big plays. That's fixable. You take away those two big plays, they're under 100 yards. They pass for 198. And the score shows when you when a team passes for 198. So, like, people are a little worried about, oh, the secondary. This is, it was funny. I, I went to lunch with, uh, with a guy on, uh, uh, what was that, Wednesday? At Smash mm-hmm. House Burger, actually, the one over there, the news place on uh, – where my, where my, uh, oh, how, how is that? I've been meaning it's, to go. Is it good? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay. It's All not right. bad. So I went over there and we're talking. He was like, oh, yeah, their, their secondary is terrible. I was like, they only gave up 198 yards passing. Yeah, but they yes. blew a lot of coverages. I'm like, that's going to happen in the first game. Like, it wasn't that bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, he was like, oh, well, the defense got to get better, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it came out like the dude that I work, he was like, hey, he, he played for SC. Like, and then he's like, "Oh, so how do they fix it?" I'm like, "It's not bad." Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 okay. Like, and it, it, and again, just to ahead. reiterate on the broken plays because there were some. Sorry to cut you off, but that like the score before the half, I think, was the most frustrating. And part of that was situationally being put in that position. But credit to San Jose State, like the actual touchdown play. I mean, it was solid coverage. It was just an absolute dime pass and an unbelievable you know, stretched out catch. So sometimes there's no defense for, you know, a great offensive play, sadly. Right. And all right. So it's, well, I'm not going to really harp on the defense as much because all I'm saying is that they're, I don't think they're going to give up as much as they think. Well, they may give up a lot because of the quarterback scramble. But if, if the quarterback's going to beat me on scrambling, he can have that all. If that quarterback beats me, he has to be Vince Young in the national championship, right? He needs to be Eric Crouch. He needs to be somebody that's worth it. So, I can't stop them all, right? Yep. And and that's what people need to understand. Like, you won't be able to stop them all. Just stay solid and just improve. You have four games. SC's lucky because they, they have four games where they just need to improve defensively, and, and this is another opportunity to, to improve. Not even defensively. All around, they, got, they play in Nevada, then they play Stanford, and then they go to Arizona State. Like, those are – great games and then they get a bye and then they get to go to Boulder and play Colorado. Like they're kind of cruising right now. You know what I mean? Like there, there yeah. shouldn't be any, 
there shouldn't be any surprises, but they're kind of proven right now. Like, just get better because the way that they set their schedule, not them, but the way the Pac-12 set their schedule up is that they have to go, to go through the gauntlet when it really counts, right? When you really hurt and your body gets hurt and it starts to hurt and yeah. starts to ache and all that. So, I mean, it's an opportunity to get better. But I don't – me personally about this game, I don't – I'm not – this is a game where, like, all right, cool, like, I'm expecting 70 to 14 in this game. Like, mm. bec- I'll tell you why. Because like yeah. you said, like you said, there's 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 an aura around there, and they and they feel like this is about business. We're here to set a standard and we're here to make a statement. As much as you try to silence the outside noise, you still hear the outside noise, right? Like you oh, try yeah. to people say, well, silence the outside noise. You can't silence the outside noise. You have to minimize the outside noise as much as you can, right? So they hear the reporters coming in and asking their coach, well, what's up with the defense? They pe- people are going to talk to them. Well, what's up with the defense? They're in class with people saying, "Well, the defense didn't look that great." You know what I mean? And yep, they understand. Like, all right, well, this is our statement game. They get an opportunity to make a statement game, right? And hopefully, Caleb has another walk in the park where those four touchdown passes. He, I just looked at the stats. He went eighteen for twenty five. Like, yep. <laughs> like simple. <laughs> 18 for 25, quick 200, four touchdown passes. Like, I, this is going to be the game that everybody expected last week. And I'm happy for the zero-week game because it's like, oh, okay, cool. This game, 70-14. And I could be wrong. I could just like Ooh. overshot just like I overshot the, the, the score last year. What did I say, 13-10? But <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was going to be a weird day. But, but this is going to be one of those games where it's like, oh, okay. These are the Trojans we expect, and these are the Trojans we came to see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, so let's talk about the offense, right? Because okay. um, to get seventy points, you know, this thing needs to get real. I mean, they, they finished with fifty six last week, and they they had some slow, they had a slow start, slow first half, really, and you know, kicked it in the gear. Obviously, a, a kick return always helps that as well. So, you know, what do you what do you expect kind of from the offense? Is it going to be a a very you know, big plays left and right. They're scoring on every possession. Caleb's out of there by midway through the third quarter and uh, even potentially another kick or punt return from Zachariah. Yeah, all that. All of the above. D, all of the above, right? So, like, yeah, I I just, I just, just like, first drive, touchdown. Like, you're going to – this – here's the best part about offensively about this, right? You're going to see – everybody and what they could do this week right you're gonna see you might you like the most underrated receiver when you're really looking at it and the guy that you really need to worry about is Taj Washington yeah because Taj Washington is sneaky right you leave him open he'll pop a big play on you right and so Taj Washington is a sneaky guy right you'll see Brandon Rice Dorian Singer um the freshman he was number eight I think not number eight, the fresh, the other freshman receiver, Makai Lemon. Makai Lemon, you'll see a lot of him. Third, you you should see a third quarter exit from Caleb Williams. I think the bulk of the play in the third quarter is, is going to be from um, Miller Moss, right? You'll yeah, get yeah. a lot of reps from Miller Moss, right? And hopefully, hopefully, we get to see some Malachi Nelson more reps in the fourth quarter. And and the good thing about Malachi Nelson. Even if he is redshirting, like he'll get to travel because they always take three quarterbacks, and he gets to play four games, so he gets to see that. This is a perfect yeah. game for Malachi Nelson to get a whole bunch of reps. And and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Nevada. It's just that Nevada came in on a bad week, right? And yeah. I should say I should say it like this: if if they're if if they who they say they if SC is who they say they are, right? And they, and they're about their business and they're about making statements. This should be one of those games where you're like, all right, you guys got something to say about us? Watch this. Here you go. Leave us alone. Like, let it let us go do it. So they, they, this is a statement that they have to make. And a lot of the points are going to be in the second half, and a lot of the points are going to be from guys who probably won't score a lot of touchdowns this year. So mm-hmm. that, that's also another thing. It's going to be from, like, third-string receivers, true freshmen who are in the red shirt. Like, Deep in, we're going to see some deep in the roster touchdowns. Don't be surprised if Malachi Nelson throws his first touchdown of his career this weekend. Like, 
Ooh, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a uh, there's a possibility. Oh, you I'll said say- it's going to happen. You said it's going to happen. <laughs> so there's a possibility that it could happen, and 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 that and that that's the route that I see this game going. Now, will it be 70-14? Probably not, but it, it's going to be a lot. Of, it's going to be more than than the fifty eight that they put up last week for sure. Yeah. So I, for me, you know, and this is just you know, what's that saying when you're talking about you know the the ri- spoiled rich or whatever? But uh, I want to see you know Kyron Hudson who got the nod to start at receiver, kind of the unknown guy. Everyone knows obviously all the big names we've already mentioned: Singer, Williams, Branch, Rice. Um, Kyron Hudson got the start. He's he's one of the number ones, one of the top three on the depth chart. Uh, not super involved last week, so I'd love to see him get a little more involved because he's a super young guy too. Uh, I believe he's a redshirt sophomore, so um, you know, love to see him get involved more and see kind of what he brings this offense that maybe some other receivers don't. Um, you know, I also love Alfred. And again, last week was kind of like a preseason game, but and me and you talked about this during the game. We've talked about it after the game, but situationally, like. I, I never want to sit here and pretend like I know more than these coaches. Like at least you coach, you can, you can say you've been in those instances. I haven't. So I don't want to pretend like I know more than especially Lincoln Riley is one of the best in the apps at actual business. But when you're in short, like short down situations, like I want to see them strategically just Austin Jones is getting the rock. Like, let's not get cute with it. Let's not play the running backs, whatever. Like that's what I want to see more of, of just like, let's do what player does what well, Short to go, goal to go situations. Give Austin Jones the rock. He wants contact. Nothing against Marshawn Lloyd. I think Marshawn Lloyd is great against contact also. Same with some of the freshman backs. But, I mean, that's Austin Jones' bread and butter. So, for me, I want to see Kyron Hudson get a little more involved. And just situationally, I'd love to see the the personnel match the situation a little better this week. Right. And and they have the ability to do it because – we 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 seen it last year. Also, don't be surprised. Uh, I just looked his name up because he had he had he low key had a hell of a game last year, last week. Uh, Lake McCree, the tight end. Yeah, tight end. Yeah, yeah. don't be surprised. He doesn't get any shine, but yeah, good guy. Yeah, he 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 had a pretty decent game last week too. So Lake McCree did have a big game, but I one hundred percent agree. Like, ah man, as you know, I'm a big Austin Jones fan. Like. I think like he's a downhill, forward pushing running back. I'm happy he's the starter. You know what I mean? Yep. There's a place for Marshawn Lloyd. There's a place for Austin Jones. The place isn't that hard. You know what I mean? If you wanted, if you want to go quick and you need somebody to hit the corner fast, there you go, Marshawn Lloyd. If you're gonna run power or any downhill gap scheme plays between the centers and the guards, Austin Jones. Simple, and he he's gonna do it. And he he might not pop a big play but he'll get you six yards, right? And last time I checked, six plus six is 12, and you only need 10 yards to get a first down. So, like, nice math. <laughs> so Even like, for a contractor, well done. Yeah. So it's it's easy, like, it's it's so easy to figure those things out. I don't know what they think schematically. And like you said, I'm not in the room, and I'm not game planning with them. And so, but I, you're right. Like, perfect example, last week. We're, they're down on the goal line. They get the ball to they get the ball to Marshawn Lloyd twice. They get the ball to number twenty one, the true freshman. Austin Jones gets the ball, walks right in. Like, and and that that's the thing that we need to worry about. Now that we say that, that's the thing that we need to worry about this week. Lincoln Riley trying to get cute, and he has yeah. he has tendencies to get cute, and he has a tendency to say, "Hey, look at all my toys." This is not the week. This is the week, like say, "Hey." When we get into credit, this when we have to play Utah and we have to play Oregon, or we're in a battle with Arizona just to case if the game gets closer. What are we going to do, and what's our bread and butter, right? And so that that I think this is the week to say, like, here it is, right? Mm-hmm. Stanford next week is not going to be a, a slap game. Like, there's a Stanford's yeah. a Stanford's arrival. They have a kind yep. of a chip on the shoulder, and and like I said before, it's the last weekender. I wouldn't be surprised if it sells out because it's the last weekender. Like. It, there's there's kind of a special place for Stanford, so like oh, yeah, they gotta of, be prepared. A lot of Stanford for that. alum here in LA too. Yeah, a lot of Stanford right. alum here in LA. So that's the one of the things. So like they need to. This is a perfect week for the offense to build their identity, right? Because if we're walking out of last week's game, do you do you feel the offense has identity? Because I don't. Yeah, yeah, not a true identity. I mean, we just know who the stars are. 
to your, mm-hmm. to, I think that's what you're asking. Like, we don't know exactly what's the bread and butter of this team. We just know, Hey, Caleb's Superman, Zachary branch is this new hot commodity and they have a super deep receiving core and they had right. some, some good, you know, some good runs from Jones and Lloyd, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you. They need yeah, to establish that true identity. Right. They need, just need to figure out like who they are, how they're going to do it. So that's how we're going to work that. But I, I, Ryan also want to let you know that I go to work at five 30 in the morning. Except when I go to Pasadena, I have to be there at six. So I get to sleep in for 15 Ooh. minutes, but, Yuck. <laughs> but yeah, I don't like, I hate, I hate fast. I hate to have to go to drive through. It's expensive. It's not good for me. So when I wake up in the morning, I take AG one. It's a great supplement full of vitamins, nutrition, um, uh, organic fruits that they have. And it's, it's, it's overall a good choice. It gets me through that nine o'clock wall. Cause if you have to go to work in the morning by 9 AM, you're hungry. Cause that's pretty much like the middle of your day. And we normally don't go to lunch until about 1130. So AG one keeps me full. It put, it's something that I'm putting in my body that I know is not harming me compared to all the preservatives that I, that I do. Uh, your opportunity is to, you get to take AG one, you get AG one a day, you get a free one year supply of vitamin D. You also get five free travel packs. All you have to do is go to drinkag1.com backslash salute to Troy. Tell them we sent you and we'll hook you up. Once again, that's drinkag1.com back salute to Troy. You know, Serena Williams also drinks AG1. Apparently, that's what they that's what was all TV yeah. the other day. <laughs> she's she's one of the one of the spokespeople. Yeah, yeah. They got so, they got a bunch of cool athletes that are are spokespeople for them. Yeah, definitely. So if Serena me, does it, she could anybody could do it. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you win the if you win a major, pregnant, uh, you know, you're doing something <laughs> right. So you know, Andrew, the the winningest women's tennis player ever. So um, let me ask you this: since you played. Film obviously in football is such a big key to you know getting that edge. And I'm not saying this is is a concern for this game. I think uh, even we're not trying to disrespect Nevada, but I mean there's just the talent level so diff- the discrepancy between talent is so different that US- USC is going to walk away with this game. It's just a fact. But is there anything to an actual narrative of having no film on a team because SC played last week, Nevada hasn't played yet? Is there anything to that that can actually not only give an advantage to Nevada, but really puts SC at a disadvantage, at least for that first half, just because they really have nothing to go off of. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I don't think so. So like film, film gives you tendencies and you, and you haven't, you have a good idea of what they're going to do. Right. Especially when you're game plan and things like that. Except well, when I was in high school, high school is real easy, but like, so here's the thing in college, we could watch four games worth of film. And you can say they ran this formation, this formation, this formation. This is what they're going to do in this formation. And the first play of the game, they come out in a whole brand new for different, a whole brand new formation. But they still run the same plays. The plays don't change. The formation changes. And then yep. it comes to lining up against the formation. So it really doesn't matter. And then they they have film from last year, and they also have film on the quarterback. So they have an idea of what they're going to do. It gets so... Here's a good story. So we were playing uh, Arkansas. We were playing Arkansas, and Arkansas got a new offensive coordinator. And somehow we got their spring game, and then somehow we had all their high school film because that offensive coordinator came from high school. So we had all the high school film, so we had an idea of what they're going to run. So they may not have – a game from this year per se, but they'll have plenty mm-hmm. of games from last year that they brought a new OC and they'll have an idea of what he's going to do. So they'll be prepared enough to where if they see something, it won't be a shock to them. It's at that level. You have so many resources that, yeah, that, that you, you, you're not unprepared. You have an idea, you know what I mean? So it, it's not so much as a disadvantage and they're not, they won't be caught off guard. It's more of what are they going to do? Be- okay, so you did bring up a good point because when you do play people like that, you kind of overprepare because mm-hmm. he's like, he runs this, 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 and this. I've seen this, 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 and this. So you're overprepared. So you have to get an idea of what they're going to do. And so once you get an idea after what they call the script, like their first 15 to 20 plays, once you get an idea of the script, and then like, well, like here's what we used to do is like, because uh, I was up in the booth also, and I also scripted. So the DC will ask me, like, he'll be like, hey, hey, bro, like, 
what have they done so far and what have they ran? Like, oh, they ran this, 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 and this. On this down, they ran this. And on this down, they ran this. And this is how they did it. Okay, so now the DC has an idea of what they're going to do. So they'll get an idea of what they're going to do. There, There's plenty of resources. There's plenty of GAs. There's plenty of analysts there that, that, that'll be have them prepared and they'll be all right. You know, they just have to they have to hone down on what they're going to see and what they're going to do. You know, you know, who's the swaggiest analyst at SC? Who's that? Oh, Cliff Kingsbury. Saw him mm. in practice on Tuesday looking all looking all swaggy, swaggy Cliff. Did, did he have the did he have the joggers in the long sleeve, black long sleeve Trojan? Oh, uh, you know it. Joggers, <laughs> black long sleeve and the bucket hat. And, you know oh, it. He, he was rocking the bucket. hat. He wasn't going with the visor. Yeah. Yeah, bucket hat. I posted a picture uh, earlier today on Twitter. You'll check it out. So he's so, looking swaggy. So about Cliff, right? Cliff is probably there, there's there's plenty of lucky people in sports, right? If you're a backup <laughs> quarterback, if you're a backup quarterback in the NFL, you have the best job in the world. You practice two days a week and you get paid millions of dollars and hope the starter doesn't get hurt, right? Yep. Right after them is Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff, King, <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury is getting paid a good amount of money from USC. Not, not, and a lot of people think it's an exert money. If I was to guess, he's probably going to pay probably about $50,000 from SC because. You think that's it? That's it because if SC pays 50, then the Cardinals have to pay him the rest. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he's still under contract, so. Yeah, he's still under that contract. But he gets to hang out with his friend and talk football. I'll, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. Hey, hey, Cliff, what do you think about this? Oh, I'll do it like this, 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 and this. Oh, okay, cool. I'll take that in consideration. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what do you think <laughs> about this, Cliff? Like, that, 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 that is, Cliff is the luckiest man on, in the world right now. You can't. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, just, just look at this guy. I don't know if you can even see it on the, if it'll focus or not. Probably won't. No, it won't focus. I'm going to look, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look, I'm back and pull it. You put it on Twitter. Yeah, I just uh, on our LFB, but I just retweeted it from my my personal one. So, but no, he just you know you can tell he's out there. You know, obviously he has a job to do, but it's not a very stressful job, like you said. He gets to hang with the boys and and look flashy. You know, I want, he probably still has his crazy mansion and out in Phoenix that he goes to, and he just comes here for you know a couple days a week. And yeah, gotta love it. <laughs> I mean, you can't beat that at all. But Cliff being there and having the same model and he's probably speaking he's probably speaking the same language as Lincoln Riley is probably a good factor and you have somebody else you have somebody else talking to Caleb that knows what they're talking about you know what I mean it's kind of weird when you like a lot of coaches are anti don't talk to my quarterback but with Cliff there you're kind of like you kind of just kind of walk over like oh what you guys talk about Okay, good deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not I mean, for all, his, for all his faults as a head coach, like he did coach Pat Mahomes in college. He did have some good success with, with Kyler Murray at Arizona. So, you know, he, he's done some good quarterback stuff. So, well, he, you know, he everyone, everyone, Johnny Manziel, too. That's right. I mean, he was on that dock. He was on the, on, yeah. on, uh, whatever it's called, the, the Johnny Manziel dock. Yeah. So, um, Everyone for a lot of people forget that Cliff for about two weeks was SC's offensive coordinator under Clay Helton before he, he got was. the Arizona That's job. That's true. That's true. He, yeah, he was hired and then left as before job even started for Arizona. And then that's when they brought in um, Graham Harrell. Uh, Graham Harrell out of North Texas. Yeah. So um, let me ask you this, Fred, and we can we can wrap up with this unless you have more to get into. And I kind of said two things, but I'll think of three more. Give me three things you want to see this Saturday happen, whether that's a specific player performance, whether that's a scheme thing, whether that's a score output, whatever it is, just give me three things that you want to see go down on Saturday. Outside uh, of a win. <laughs> yeah. So one, one, one I kind of mentioned before, I kind of want to see the wow. offense. I kind of want to see the offense build an identity, right? I, I want to make like, and <clears throat> we, under, like you said, we, under, we know who Caleb is, right? We know who Zion Branch is, but there's a lot more, that they have to do to build their identity and they're just scratching the surface. Uh, two is, I, I guess I, I'll just say one B and I just want to see like Lincoln Riley get to the point. I, he doesn't need to show off his new toys. We know who his new toys are. Like don't get cute. Just, just run your scheme and do what you do. He, he tends to get like that with lesser opponents. If you notice, like he wants to try all this new stuff to see if it works. Like th- this is yeah. not the game to do that. Let, let's get straight to it. Um, 
The second one I want to see is um, I want to see turnovers. There weren't yep. any turnovers. And I think it's because San Jose was a little conservative with the ball. But one of the things last year, maybe because I'm spoiled, you remember at one point SC led the nation in turnovers, right? They let the, not the turnovers, but the interceptions. Like So I kind of want to yeah. see the turnover mantra come back. Um, and the third thing is I want the bell to be loud. What do we have to do to get the bell loud again on third down? I want, <laughs> you know, so I want SC to become a third down team. Like you win football games on third down, like, and, and that that's the biggest critique. I guess I will say that I have about the defense is like, you can't give, I don't want to see any third down plays given up. Like especially third and long, like let's hold them. And that right there is how you set identity. If you know that you're going to get stopped on third down, then it changes the whole outlook on your season and, and opponents start to get scared and they start to get worried about what's going to happen. So I want to see good third down defense. Um, the second one was, I forgot what I said the second for the second one. The first one was, I want to see identity offense, good third down yep. defense. Oh, and the, and, and I want the bell to come back. I want the bell to be loud. I don't know what we have to do to get the bell to be a big deal, but we got to talk to Jen. Got to talk to Jen. Yeah, we got to talk. We got to get Candace and Jen together and see what happens. I don't Candace think Jen Candace, get together. The bell might get turned off. Yeah, I don't think Candace and Jen need to be together yet. We got to give Jen <laughs> and Candace about two or three years before we get them together. But no, nah, the the bell's a big deal, and a lot. I don't know if a lot of people will understand, but when I played there, like the bell meant something. Like, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I will oh, say yeah. this: the PA announcer, the PA announcer, has been there for a long time. He's been there since I've been there. It's, it's the exact same dude. Like, so that's pretty good. I would love to meet that dude. I don't even know who it is, but he's been there yeah. for a long time. But I want to hey, see the, the vibe. Come back. The vibe in the stadium, though, for week zero of San Jose State was a good vibe. So I just want to see it keep building on that. Like <clears> by week three against Stanford, that thing's going to be rocking. So I'm yeah. always pumped to see that. Um, all right. So for me, my big three. First, I want to see some sacks. You know, I they're going up. I believe Nevada is returning an offensive line with 37 combined starts this year so it's a very inexperienced unit you know you have a impressive d-line in terms of talent with bear and kion and and uh lucas and and jameel mohammed coming off the edge and um and uh sullivan and so i want to see those guys get in the backfield you know nevada also is just to throw more stats out there gave up an average of 6.85 tackles for loss per game um, so I want to see backs tackle in the backfield. So this is where I want to see the defensive line eat. We'll make it simple like that. It doesn't have to just be sacks. I want to see the defensive line eat on Saturday, whether it's TFLs, sacks, just no gains, whatever it is. Um, I want to see them eat. And I'd love to see Jamil Muhammad get in the stat sheet uh, for sacks. I love the intensity and the, the leadership he brings to that unit as a transfer from uh, where he came from. So that's number one. Number two, we've been talking Zach Branch. All week, I'm going to stick with it. Like, I want to see him I, not even live up to the hype that created from, from the first game, but just build upon that. So, not saying the guy needs 240 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns, but just another solid performance. Like, I don't want to see – this wouldn't worry me by any means, but I don't want to see him come out and have, like, a dud of a game after what he had in week zero. So, ten just touches. come out. Ten touches would be great. You know, three or four rushes five or six catches and obviously the special teams game as well. Just keep building upon that already established legacy after four quarters of football. So um, that's number two. Number three, we talked about in the recap. I got to see the offensive line improve. You know, we mm, we're getting, we got to find our five starters. We saw about an eight man rotation in week zero. So I think we'll see a lot of that again, just because, Hey, they're treating this kind of like a preseason game. We want to truly find those true starting five, but Let's be real. Caleb Williams should not be pressured at all in this game. Like if he's flush in the pocket, like I don't want to see that. I want to see holes for these running backs, Austin Jones and Lloyd and, and so forth. So Justin Dietrich had a great game at center. You know, he moved from guard to center. So his first true game as a center, I thought he shined at center, but outside of him, there was some, there was definitely some, again, not concern. There was just some um, growing pains, if you will, from the other four spots. So just see some continuity, see some consistency, and some improvement from your, your starting five. And then hopefully they establish a starting five. So going into Stanford, we know the starting five that play every down uh, moving forward. So those are my big three. We got defensive line eats 
Zachary Branch stacks bricks and offensive line improves mightily. I was looking for a, a stat while you were talking. Uh, and I don't know. I, I want to say his, give you the right. I can't find it, but they started a freshman, a true freshman on the offensive line. It was the first time since 2014. It was in yep. the game notes, but I can't remember his name. I can't find yeah, it. Yeah, Alani, Alani, no, Alani Noah. There you go. See, that's why you're here because you 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 are okay. the you are the salute to Troy Encyclopedia. There you go. Yeah, I'm, just so, like your, I'm your I'm your GA. I'm your analyst. <laughs> I'll yeah, be the so, Cliff Kingsbury of the show. That's fine. That's cool. So he yeah he started he started for the first time as a freshman. He was started as a true freshman. Was like since the first time since 2014. But eight is a lot. Eight is a lot. So he we. They got to find their five. They actually need to find six, and the six could be a swing man just in case somebody gets hurt. But sure. they need to find their five, and they have to find their five pretty quick because they have to establish playing together. Because out of all positions on the field, that's the relationship that matters the most because they communicate more than people think. And yep. so that's that's they need to find it, and they need to find it quick, and hopefully we could get the establishment. So. Definitely, yeah, and it's a tight, it's a tight group. Like they're super close, but you obviously just got to play a game speed with this with the same group. But the whole right. offensive line room is extremely tight, and, and you know they've built a good bond. But yeah, you need that continuity on game days. Yeah, so hopefully we can get that to work. There, there's another thing. Now that you say that, there was a couple of times where Caleb Williams was back there for like 13 seconds. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> we're 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 gonna need the receivers to get open. Um, that's one of the things we need to see too. Like. Uh, maybe they worked on it with scramble drill and things like that. So the receiver's getting open because sitting back there and not having anybody open, it's not a great look. But yeah, with all the talent they have, like, yeah. The good thing about yeah, Caleb is though his eyes are always downfield. So even if he yeah. he does have the opportunity to scramble, his eyes are still downfield, and that is why he kind of waits, which makes him a great pro. Which is why the Rams are going to tank. And he's going to go to St. Louis. I mean, sorry, to L.A. And uh, damn, you just dropped St. Louis. Come on, guy. He's going. Uh, I'm sorry. He's going to go to L.A. <laughs> That's Matt Stafford's replacement. So, there you yeah, go. you, you heard it here want. first. <laughs> That's what we you want. Heard. We've been saying that for for years. So, keep Caleb in L.A. If if that does happen. I might have to do the Rams podcast because I'm I'm all about the, I'm all about Caleb. <laughs> I have There's to follow a, him his career. Do you think I feel like, and maybe this is a crazy thought, but I feel like there's a real possibility, especially with NIL now, and Caleb's already making like three point two five million in NIL that he stays um, for a senior year. That he stays, depending on depending on what team. Like obviously, you you almost have to declare. Well, they'd have time to see. He he'd know who'd be that first team, and if it's. If it's in Arizona or a team that's in turmoil, like I could see him coming back another year. Yeah. Cause he so, said, he said in Reeves an interview, he didn't commit to it. And obviously, you know, he's a smart guy. Like he's been super trained to talk to media, but when asked about next year, he's like, Oh, I don't, I don't know yet what, what's happening next year. So I, I could see that if depending on the team that he comes back. Right. You don't have to, that's the good thing with NIO. You don't have to kill, kill, kill your career and go to a bad team. Right. You don't have to end up like yeah. Justin Fields. You could wait one more year or be like, nah, I'm good. Like, dude, if make, he wins, if he wins Heisman again, he'll make ten million next year on NIL deals. Right, and so then also, that makes teams jockey a little bit. Like, nah, I'm not going to the league, and people start asking why. Like, I don't want to play for that team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so teams will start trading up. Like, what if we had a shot at him? Like, it's worth a try. So, I, I could yeah. definitely see that happen. Like, the players starting to have a little bit of control of the draft. I could see that happening. Yeah, and you bet. I bet you, Cliffs in his ear, like you don't want to go to Arizona. <laughs> you don't want to go to Arizona. <laughs> I was just there. You don't want to go there. Speaking of NIL, speaking of NIL, LAFB, big news about yeah, let's NIL. Anou let's announce it. Good call. So yeah. LAFB Network partnering with the Conquest Collective, started by the great Jeff McKay, grandson to the winningest, or I don't know if winningest overall record, but the great John McKay, coach of USC. Uh, we're partnering with doing some uh, – Mostly, you know, merchandising with these student athletes, which is going to be awesome. We're going to do custom designs for a lot of players, uh, starting off in the football space and probably in the other sports as well. Um, and then, and then potentially we're going to be doing some, you know, media and, and podcast stuff with these players too. So, pumped, Al, pumped. We're uh, we're even more involved and ingrained in SC. It's great. 
I could be like all the other podcasts that you guys see now on the network that have shirts. I I have no merchandise for my podcast. I'm like I'm like Can- I'm like Candace now with AG One. Like, when do I get my merchandise? I know how to get it now that you <laughs> told me. So I'll start wearing. I'll start getting shirts and things like that. So definitely, that's that's big news. Conquest, happy to be a part of that. So we'll start to see some more guys on our show. Hopefully, hopefully we get some good ones and have great interviews and, and good conversations, which will probably actually be a good idea. Like, Hey, like we're going to have such and such next week, send us your questions and we maybe get some questions going and things like yep. that. So that'll be great. I'm excited for that. Can't wait. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great year and, you know, excited Al to be doing the, uh, the SC coverage with you all year long. It's going to be great. So you and Candace, we find Jamal, Jamal will be here too. When he's back, you know, mad man. Europe, whatever he's doing right now, he's on the tour to France or something. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait for the Madman to get back. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be a good show. The four of us together, so that would definitely be, be great. Yeah, be fun. Good deal. Well, Ryan, it's been fun. I can't wait for Saturday. Hopefully, we get an opportunity to be there, we'll, uh, and we can get some more good footage. So, definitely, I can't wait. This has been the Bet Online Salute Detroit podcast. Your man Ryan Dyru, Al Rowe, Live Free, Fight On. We'll see you guys next time.